You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Welcome in again. Welcome in again to another edition of The Sizzle here on Iron Skillet Radio, Iron Skillet Television. You know who's in the building. Jay Sizzle, what's good, bro? Man, I'm good, man. I'm feeling great, man. I'm wonderful. <laughs> you're wonderful. Okay. So we'll do different. Okay. We'll just say you're wonderful and we'll just keep it going at that. How about that? Yeah. You're wonderful. Yeah, well, we'll go. Okay. We're here. We're yeah. getting ready to give it to you the way it should be given every time. You know what it's time to do, Jay? I think it's time. What's the time, bro? I think it's time for us to take it to the court. I think it's we time. We going to the courts? We going to the courts. I think it's time for us to take it to the hardwood. <laughs> You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six-tenths of a second remaining! You know when you hear the beat, you know what it's time for. It's time for the Sizzles Hardwood. Oh, baby, we got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about it and get it in because there was a hero out on the court tonight, a superhero. He was a super player. His name was Tyler Hero. And if you don't know, you're going to know right after we tell you about what happened tonight with the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Oh, baby. Jay, did you see this game? Did you see what was going on in this game? Hey, like Richard Pryor said a long time ago, a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich unless it's it's spelled with two R's. Let me tell you, Tyler Hero is an assassin. Assassin, an absolute assassin. Ooh. Thirty-seven points, seventeen of them in the fourth quarter. This guy was just letting it fly. First time I ever saw Tyler Hero was on the Oprah side network. He did a, a he did a thing with a, the the uh, big ball. It wasn't big baller brand, but it was, it was Baller Vision, mm-hmm. and he had music. The first time I saw him, and I was like, wow. And now I'm like extra wild. Tyler Hero is something else. Well, let's take it to the heart. Let's tell the people what happened. The Celtics versus the Heat. Let's tell you about this hero because Tyler Hero now leads the Miami Heat in a 3-1 series lead over the Boston Celtics in game four. You know what, man? The Heat are just one win away. Just one win away from the NBA Finals. It was a decisive game, as you said. Tyler Hero, 37 points off the bench. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. He propelled the Heat to a 112-109 victory. And now the 3-1 series lead. And, baby, he was 14 for 21 shooting from the field. So, look, man, he was 5 for 10 from deep. He was doing everything that needed to be done coming off the bench. So let me ask you real quick, Jay, what are the Celtics doing that's losing them this series? Oh, because their stars are going to sleep. Mm-hmm. You got Jason Tatum that went over in the first half. How you going over and you are the star of this team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then you got then you got Marcus Smart not playing smart basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't know why at times, but he lets his emotions get the best of him. And I think you just see a team who thought because the Milwaukee Bucks went out 
that they were entitled and they were just going to walk through. And the gentler, the Jimmy Butler's Squire Butler has got these. Did you see Bam Abadejo was playing the last part of this game, but his mm -hmm. arm was literally torn out of the socket mm -hmm. and he wouldn't come off because he knew Squire Butler was going to lop his head off if he did. It was absolutely amazing. You know, it's something when you talk about, you've got a Jason Tatum. I mean, it, just talking about Jason Tatum, right? He didn't score a single point in the first half. Not a single point. In fact, he was so confused by the Heat's 2-3 zone. It was so disruptive to him that he was held scoreless until the second half. Can this yeah, continue? Ridiculous. I mean, can they even get back into the series from what we saw tonight? Is there any well, you, a way for them back in? You remember I told you, I, I told you this Miami Heat was going to have them down 3 nothing. You did. You did. I did say that. Now they're down, what, is it 3-1? Is that where we're right now? 3-1 right now. It's over. Mm -hmm. This is over. They don't want to play no more. Jason Tatum is a... I believe he was an all-star. He's just not a superstar. Mm. And your superstars don't go over like this when you need him down the stretch. He tried to come back, but he couldn't. And then they let a young fella like Tyler Hero. Mm -hmm. Nobody can guard Tyler Hero. He's that guy now. He was second team all rookie. How's he second team all rookie? And he's playing like this. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And nobody can shut him down. Nobody put a body on him. Nobody knocked him on the floor after he rained 17 points on you in the fourth quarter. Nobody tried to stop this kid. I'm absolutely amazed. Absolutely amazed. Nobody knocked him down. You know, it's funny. We talk about it. Now, Jason Tatum, to his credit, he did have 28 points. He was 10 for 12 shooting as he ended the night. But you needed a little bit more, especially from a Bam Ayabato for the, uh, Ayabato for the Heat. He scored... A double double. I mean, it yeah. was just I I don't know what to say. I, I wasn't expecting this. I thought when you brought in all the pieces that Boston had brought in, when you go and get pieces, I thought they would be able to to handle themselves a little bit better than this. And it looks like a wash already. So I don't know what to say right now. Kimball Walker seems to go missing. You've got uh, nobody else really supporting. I mean, the, none of the supporting cast, Jalen Brown, everybody, they're all just in hiding and missing. And I don't know what their head coach can do right now. I don't know how he can outmaneuver Eric Spolstra, but right now they're in a bad way. And yeah, bro, you're looking at uh, a 3-1 hole. And the decided game five, the the dangerous, the hated game five. If the Heat pull game five out, uh, it's over, right? And that's it, huh? Yeah. It, look, and I'm gonna tell you what it's over right now because these guys do not know what to do mm -hmm. with an active NBA pro style two three zone. Mm -hmm. They play this zone better than anybody in the world. That's what this two three zone. You think they'd be able to probe the middle? get to the middle like you're supposed to, kick the ball back out to the open shooters. You saw Walker doing that early. He got off early in the game, mm -hmm. but two games before, he didn't get off. What the problem is, now you have the Celtics. One guy's getting off one half. The other guy's not getting off the other half. You look at um, you, you look at the Heat. Jimmy Butler was relatively quiet, relatively quiet, all the way through this ballgame because he doesn't need to shoulder this. They kept feeding Hero. 
Bam had what, 20 points? I want to say Drogic had 22 or 24 or something like that. And so they were getting even scoring all the way across. Jimmy was making sure the ball went to where it needed to go. Mm-hmm. But when you saw a Celtics team who was just struggling, there was no consistency in the game. They made big runs when they needed to. Mm-hmm. But at the end, their closers couldn't close. And that's what the biggest problem is right now. And I'm going to tell you, if this Miami Heat team gets out in front, another double-digit lead up by 12, 14, 15, this could be a blowout. Yeah, it could be. And the sad part is the Heat aren't even shooting that well. But the difference in this game is that they've been able to go to the line. I mean, they were on the line 24 times versus the Celtics, who were maybe on 20, 21. They were taking care of the ball and going to the line. And you can see the difference in the the bottom score, that final score. Yeah. I don't know right now what Boston can do except for getting some new players who are unbubbled <laughs> to come and play because right now it, it's bad. It's it's really bad because you're seeing a team that's kicking up into another gear and you're seeing a gear uh, a team now who's stuck in neutral. So I don't know where they go from here, but what are your thoughts on what's going to happen in game five? Oh, an implosion. Mm-hmm. If they start going down, they go down to this this team. Now, they're going to try to stop Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. We understand that. They're going to get physical with him. They're going to bump him around. They're going to do, well, the one thing about Tyler Hero, he's slick, baby. He's slick and smooth as cool water on a hot summer day, and he's going to get his shots off. The issue is they start bumping him around. Now you're going to leave Jimmy Butler still hasn't exploded yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't got Squire Butler yet um, out there with his sickle taking people's heads off. Right. You know, and the game, the, the, the game of zones is the greatest, the greatest sports parody ever created in life. But uh, we know at some point in time, he is going to come out and he's going to get busy. Right. And all of a sudden, now what are you going to do when you have a Jimmy Butler cooking? You got a band working on the inside, unless that arm is hurt more than we, but it doesn't matter. He's going to tape it up and go. What Are you going to stop Gorgon Dragic? Two of those three guys are going to get off on you. Mm-hmm. And, Ty, and Tyler Hero just believes right now. He's the guy who just believes. And at 20 years old, who didn't believe at 20 years old? You know, I believe I can fly. He believes he can let it fly. He, look, he was out there on the court talking about he's a bucket. <laughs> This dude said he's a bucket. He was walking down the court talking about, I'm a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Well, what you doing? I'm a bucket, man. Just give me the ball. You I, know what I'm saying? And it's nothing you can say about it. I, you've got uh, Crowder playing poorly. You've got Duncan yeah. Robinson playing poorly. Yeah. I, and they have no other – I mean, there's nobody else that you can really – Kendrick Nunn has been non-existent since yeah. the bubble yeah. they've got back. They've got Nunn from Nunn. No, no doubt about that. <laughs> Ah, good one, my friend. I like that yeah. one. That was oh, baby, that was a that was a good one. They ain't got yeah. none from none. Mm, I like that. I like yeah. that. I think that's where we'll end it. When you ain't got none from none. So you know what? We're gonna shift from a lighthearted subject to something a little bit heavier, and we're gonna talk about social justice. And we we always hear on the sizzle we talk about social justice and what yeah. it looks like and what's going on. There has been an uproar not only in the NBA but in the world altogether. Jay, the Breonna Taylor situation now has become center stage again in the forefront of players' minds and what's happening yeah. on the court. 
as players are speaking about social injustice. But right now, where we stand, where is the social injustice? What effect is it having on sports as a whole right now? Well, I think what we're seeing right now is that sports now is just a microcosm of real life. Where sports used to just be something that we did to pass the time, now it's setting the time for us. Now our sports heroes are not only our heroes in between the lines, but there are heroes in our minds out in the streets. And so what we see now, we see a LeBron James, we see a number of guys, the Kyrie Irvings of the world, the Kevin Durant's, all these different guys coming out, the Michael Jordans of the world going out there starting one of the first real um, black NASCAR teams that have money up underneath it and bringing in the controversial Bubba Wallace who was driving around NASCAR, one of the most uh, places that they really don't like black people at. We could just say that. They fly the Confederate flag there, and he had the Black Lives Matter uh, car going around. With, had it. So what I'm saying to you is that right now this movement is all embossed upon all these people who are now trying to make a statement. Now is when we're going to start seeing change because we all know dollars is the only thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to cause uh, advertisers, stadiums, teams, and they're going to start losing money, they're going to start trying to make sense of what you're protesting. That's what we see today. We just saw with Breonna Taylor. I know it's sad. You got they're out some some riding in some different areas. We saw a couple of police officers get shot. Uh, there's no uh, any type of the looting or anything like that. None, none of that is justifiable. Mm -hmm. But I think anybody out there who are who are not riding, riding is the wrong word. I'm sorry. Who are out protesting, you have the right to do that. And you should do that. But I think our country was based upon protesting. I mean, we looked at it's 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 um, uh, solidified in the Boston Tea Party in our history books. You know, we were fighting against tyranny um, way back in the day when the United States first started. And so it's the same thing now. It's just another form of tyranny here. We're not that far from being slaves. And at some point in time, the slaves going to pull it hard enough and break a chain. And that's what we see going out in the streets tonight all around America. Well, you know, the issue of social, social justice has been so in deeply ingrained in what's happened the last six to eight months in our country. It's even so now that the controversy has gone over to companies like Cisco that just pledged $100 million mm. to increasing black workers and leadership. But Jay, yeah. there's also another story, the flip side of that story, where you have a company committed to working towards social justice. There are also companies like a Utah steel company that says yeah. they are not renewing their uh, suites because of racial inequity protests. They don't like it. They're not going to do it. So SME Steel says, we're not going to do it. We're not going to renew. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, SME Steel, you might want to renew because you think the Black Lives Matter is there's something wrong with the matter. You don't want to be any part of it. Well, here's the thing about it. Black people or people who belong to that don't have to be any part and use any of your product. You know, it goes both it goes both ways. If you don't want to stand with us, why should we stand with you? That that's the whole thing. That's the bottom line to it. So you're free in the United States pretty much to say what you want to say and believe in what you want to believe in. I don't have a problem with your stance, but I do have a problem with if you think your stance is going to go unheralded in the community and people aren't going to find out where your steel is being bought 
and they will stop using your steel. That's what will start happening because it, the Black Lives Matter movement was never about the American flag. It was never about the troops. It was never about anything like that. All it was ever about was that black people want a fair equity shape. We don't want to be treated equal. We want a fair equity shape stake in the United States. And as we see right now, if you look at the incarceration rates all around the country in our prisons, over over well over 50% are African Americans and we're only 14% of the of the United States population. We look at all the laws that have been generated, especially the war against drugs that every um, president since 1972 in some way shape or form have have utilized in their campaigns and utilized to bring the right to the center and we see this just been a war on urban black communities because that's where the difference between crack and powder cocaine what is the difference but we saw um what president trump right now just just signed um an act to retroactively go back past 2010 to lighten up all those sentences that were the difference between crack cocaine and powder cocaine because crack cocaine was used in the black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing about it is we only want to be treated fairly. And the only way we can be treated fairly is by those around you deciding to treat us fair. And so if a companies like SME Steel Corporation out of Utah says they don't want to be part of the Black Lives Matter, they don't like it, they think it's against America, well, fine. We do, you don't want to participate in our situation of making America better? Then we don't have to participate in making your downline, your downline better, your bank statement look better. That's what I got to say. Yeah, and when you look at a company who said they've been around since 1992 and they've had 28 years of investment and they've made a, they've invested around six million dollars in that yeah, 28, in 28 years. years. I mean, six million in 28 years, and now right. you're saying, oh well, we're gonna pull our little. Whatever that equates out to, we're going to pull it because we don't yeah. believe in racial justice. Well, then, as you said, uh, Jay Sizzle, then we as a group will say, well, we'll pull out of the products and goods that you make. How about that? Yeah. We won't then that? purchase then what you make. Or if it's something that you're providing steel for, we just won't use it. How about that? So we yeah. can make it all go away. We can if you don't want to do it. This is not about, this is about equity. And this is about, we just talked about it, and you just mentioned it uh, with how this administration has been running. And they've been using a Southern strategy. In fact, we used to talk a lot about it on the air when we were talking about it at the barbershop. We talk yeah. about social inequity and what the Southern strategy was in politics and how it was used, especially looking at the Nixon election and now how it's rolled into the Trump election, all of these little tactics and things have gone on. But you have had players who are standing up and they're saying the same thing that you're saying, Jay. They're saying, you know what? No more. No longer are we going to just idly sit by and take this injustice and just keep moving. So hopefully this is making an impact and people who are listening to this will learn that you have a voice and your voice in social injustice at this point is your dollar. So Jay, I know we're still kind of, we're in a somber mood and we go yeah. from a hero on the court to a hero on the gridiron. We lost one of our great heroes and a Chicago icon, one yeah. of maybe the greatest Chicago Bears of all time. And that is in Gail Sayers passing today. So 
We want to just take this time at the back end of the show to talk about Gail Sayers and what his accomplishments were and what he really added to the game of football, what he gave, especially to the Chicago Bears. And, you know, we talked about it earlier. We don't I, I don't know if I can say he's the greatest bear. I was always a Walter Payton fan. And as far as it goes, I'll probably always be a Walter Payton fan. But what Gail Sayers was able to do hadn't been done at that time. So, Jay, can you just let the listeners know some of the things and what made Gail Sayers special? Well, the thing, first thing was Gail Sayers was the Kansas Comet. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the fastest players to play in the NFL at the time. And he literally could run sideways as fast as he could run forward. He's probably the most elusive player. And I want to say besides maybe Barry Sanders, modern day, that we can say he's one of the best backs in there. And I'm going to also tell you this, and now piggybacking on um, uh, social injustice, social justice, when he and Brian Piccolo start rooming together, that was a no-no back in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. That just didn't happen. And so for a black man and a white man to room together on a team like this, they caught a lot of flack by that. And so Gail Stairs, who is by far, I think, probably the best running back mm-hmm. we've ever seen in the NFL. He's not the biggest back. He's not the greatest back out of the backfield um, catching him football. But pure running back in the open field runner, I think you don't see one better than he is. And uh, he was a guy who set all types of records, so he's absolutely amazing. Yeah, if you don't know who Gail Sayers is, and for our younger listeners, Gail Sayers didn't have a long career. He only played seven years in the league due to severe knee injuries, but he was someone who set a precedence. He was the youngest player ever inducted into the Hall of Fame at the age of 34 in 1977. So that just lets you know the impact he had. And there was the Buckus, there was Dicka, there were other players there, Bobby Duck, there were people who knew his impact and what it meant to. In fact, I remember, I want to say it was Detroit or the Packers, they had a Gail Sayers defense. It was a way to defend him, to try and stop him on special teams. And you're talking about a player who played all phases. He played special teams. He was on the hands team. He would catch passes out. He would swing out out of the backfield. He was an uphill runner. He was the prototype, the Eric Dickersons, all of these guys that you looked at later that came after him. It was Gail Sayers who set the precedent. And he was also someone who always preached, always, always, always preached effort, giving effort, doing your yeah. best, that he he took pride in the fact every run he gave his effort. He was 100% every run. And he would tell you, look, I'm not only am I the Kansas comment, nobody could catch me. Nobody was as good what as I me. Doubt. And he would say what it about Jim Brown. He would say about right. Earl Campbell. He said it about anybody. There was no back in the league that was as good as me when I played at that time. You know, the thing he used to always say is, give me 18 inches of daylight and I'm mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. And in his first year, he scored 22 touchdowns in his rookie season mm-hmm. and had a six-touchdown day. You, and you guys got to remember now, this is way back in the day. There wasn't no penalties for hitting people, spearing people, kicking people. That was none of that. 
Football was way different in the 1960s than what it is now. So for guys to excel like that, they had to be really tough guys to play this game because the game back in the 60s and 70s was a lot. Guys are bigger and stronger, but it was much more brutal back in the time of Gale Sayers. Oh, yeah. You're talking about a five-time All-Star, someone who averaged five yards per carry. And you have to think, this was someone in 19, I want to say it was 69, that that was the year after he got injured. In the year after that, he still led the league after having an ACL and MCL tear. So you're talking about a man who was a complete and all-around back. He was as complete a back as they'll ever be in the history of football. So, you know, we tip our hats to you and we say in condolences to you and your family that we wish you peaceful journeys and thank you for all that you've been able to give to NFL football and to the world as a whole. And plus, man, we've got to talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We have to say, look, as impactful as losing John Lewis was, it's also impactful to lose Justice uh, Ginsburg just because you're looking at history. You're looking at someone who made some influential changes and someone who is lying in state right now who has never in the history of the Supreme Court, there has never been a justice who has had their, their, their they haven't rested in state, not there, and a especially wo- yeah, not yeah. a woman, and especially not a Jewish American woman. So it's a yeah. lot. She's been a trailblazer. And so we've lost a lot in the past few months, but the loss of John Lewis, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and now Gail Sayers, it's been a lot. You know, and I want to say, too, about uh, I've had a conversation with a number of my Republican friends, and we went back and forth about uh, uh, Justice Ginsburg, and they have they have certain feelings about her, have certain feelings about this. But beyond all that, I want to look at her saying that she was just a pioneer in women's rights. Mm-hmm. And I don't care which side of the aisle you sit on, you're able to sit a little higher because of the work she did of how she argued in front of the Supreme Court for women's rights. And I believe just for that alone, uh, she should be celebrated mm-hmm. by all people because if it wasn't for her, a lot of women would not have the opportunity that they have today. Mm-hmm. You saw today you had uh, 120 of her clerks lined up outside waiting for her hearse to pull up, and they all stood in attention for her when she came by. One of the greatest salutes I've ever seen for a person who wasn't in the military. So uh, I just think she was a, she was a great champion. Whether you liked her or you didn't like her because of our politics, you have to say one thing that Ruth Bader Ginsburg gave all that she had for the United States, and we think the United States is a better country because she served on the court. Excellently said. I don't think it could be said any better, and I don't think there's any truer eulogy that we could give from the sizzle to say thank you for your service. Thank you to all that we have lost, and thank you, To those who have served, thank you to those who are still serving. The first responders, those who can't be at home, those who have that are essential workers, we thank you and we appreciate you. But before we get ready to get out of here, man, we got to talk about, you know, it's that time. We got to leave the people with something hot, Jay. We got to leave them with something inspirational, something fire to give to the people before we walk out the door. 
Uh, I saw the most pimping thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? The other day. Yeah, all pimping. I was on my way. I had to drive down to uh, another town, like I said the other day, to go see my, see my friend who, who's mm-hmm. uh, terminally ill. And I saw a man in a motorized wheelchair. Okay. Going across the intersection diagonally, a major intersection. And as he was going across the intersection, he crossed his legs. Like, I do this every day. And I said, Pimpin? (laughs) What is your name? He was a pimp named Slickback. Because. Most amazing thing. Look, I almost had to pull over. I was laughing so hard. And then he rode down the middle of the street on the other lane. Cars had to go around him. Because mm. Pip- Pippin was in his vehicle. And uh, man, when he crossed his legs going through that intersection, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Well, that lets you know then. Then the moral for the day is when you get in your lane, other people have to make way for you. Oh, get that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, man, we're about to get out of here, but we just had to leave the people with something hot. That's inspirational. You know what? Now I think I'm going to go and ride out in the middle of the lane. Yeah, I got my chair. I don't have a motorized chair, but if I you kick it and I push it forward, it'll work. Now, Pimpin, now, you know, we us big fellas, we don't cross our legs too often like that uh, mm-hmm. knee over knee. That might cause some friction. We might start a fire out there. <laughs> <laughs> good thing we ain't wearing corduroy you know ooh, what i'm saying oh that's just like friction friction flame <laughs> did you remember that sound it was always hey nobody yeah. wears corduroys anymore man oh corduroy used to be the one though you wear it in the winter oh baby yeah. that corduroy yeah. was your friend in yeah. the winter jack yeah. yeah not so much in the summer though it's a long story <laughs> yeah, my mother. I had corduroy shorts, and let's just say it didn't go well. Didn't go well. Well, it it, ha- it happens to the best of us. Yes. Well, it happened to me, and now I'm telling you. Remember this: if you're not listening to us, if you're not following us, shame on you. You should be doing yeah. so. And yeah, you, you can be. always find us. We're at Iron Skillet Sports, and that if you can't find us at Iron Skillet Sports. What you can always do is go hashtag skillet underscore sports. So for Jay Sizzle, I'm G Sizzle. Listen, we'll see you on the other side. Hit the subscribe button, the like button. Hit that. Yeah. Thank you. Now, now, player. Did you know that you can listen to Iron Skillet Radio on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor? It's easy. Look for Iron Skillet Sports or hashtag skillet underscore sports for our latest episodes. We are Iron Skillet Sports. Look, man, I need a place to stay, Jay. Look, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me off guard, you know. <laughs> okay, let's try this again, my friend. I was about to say, if all your money's spent and you can't pay the rent, <laughs> then you don't, don't call. But if you got an extra change and you need a place to stay, <laughs> you know, get right around the way. You know what I'm saying? Get on, here, get on over here to die. Thomas over here. <sighs> 
right. Because I don't know the number, man. You got to say the number. I don't know the number. Need a place to stay? Call Diana Thomas at 219-230-3352. That's Diana Thomas, 219-230-3352. 20 years, man, in the business of written apartments. She must know what she's doing because she got me in mind. Y'all need to give her a call, baby. Hey, if y'all need a place to stay, she's the one to make it happen. That's 219-230-3352. All right, Jay, I got a question for you. Yeah. If I need car towed, I need some work done, where do I need to go? Man, look, I'm going to tell you right now. You need to get over to CNA Auto over there on 93 East Main Street in Chicago Heights, Illinois. Really? You know why? Why? Because they fix everything. They fix your car. They don't break your wallet. You know what I'm saying? They do a good job over there. Mm. They got car. If you need a car, you can come and buy your car. You can get your whips and roll up out of there. Just roll out? Roll out. Roll out. Just skirt. 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 Look, they sell fine cars. They fix them even better. They're open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Call 708-758-2855. That's 708 708- Eight two eight five five a CNA auto repair and towing code gets you a car.